What's going on, ladies and gents? I'm Billy Donnelly, and I'm getting old quickly. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the podcast. For those of you who have been here before, welcome back. You know the drill. You know the lay of the land. You know the rules. You basically know what we're here to do. But if this is your first time joining us, also welcome. Welcome aboard on our journey of self-discovery and self-reflection, of introspection and self-improvement. Basically, we try to put in the emotional work week in and week out to be better today than we were yesterday and to be better tomorrow than we were today. So what's on the agenda this week? Well, this week I'm going to talk a little bit about family and um, and more specifically about my daughter. Uh, so this is... this. <laughs> This is a little tough uh, for me, um, and, and initially I was I, I was going to talk about some something else, um, but over the last like forty eight hours, a couple of things came up, and there's been some things along the way that have also come up, and so uh, I don't know. I guess I I want to be able to sort of talk about it and verbalize it and process it and work through some of it and. And, uh, I don't know, I guess see what comes out on the other side. So, um, so this week I want, I want to talk about, uh, my daughter Mia. And, um, you know, it's weird. I don't, I don't usually, I don't usually talk a lot of, uh, or drop a lot of names even on here. Uh, I found, I, I tried to. I try to compartmentalize some things, you know, uh, from, especially from, from, uh, writing and, um, when I was sort of in the online space a lot, I tried to, you know, separate my family from a lot of it. Um, and not, not necessarily to like hide them away, but, but it was really to, you know, I know the trolls are out there and, um, I don't know. I always just had that sort of concern in the back of my mind about, you know, exposing my family to anything that they didn't need to be exposed to. Uh, and so even with this podcast, I've been very careful and um, about talking about things uh, or, or that's not true. I've been very careful about naming uh, people because I, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, bring any, uh, unnecessary attention towards them that they may have to uh, deal with as a result of, you know, me sharing or oversharing or however we want to phrase it. Um, but I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm just past that, I guess. And, uh, and, and I got to break that wall down a little bit. So, um, so yeah, so my daughter's name is Mia and uh, she is nine years old. And, um, I mean, she's having a little bit of a rough time and, uh, and, you know, and, and so part of me trying to, to talk about it is, um, you know, figuring out how much I may have contributed to it and, uh, and I don't know, made it worse or, you know, whether it's just my DNA uh, as a part of her, 
um, you know, and 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 trying to come to terms and 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 deal with a lot of that. So, you know, my my daughter is a sweetheart. Uh, she always has been, uh, and I hope she always will be. Um, she's very compassionate. She's very loving. Uh, very supportive. Um, she wants to help. She always wants to help people. You know, and I and I love that about about her wanting to always try to like help others or do the right thing or be fair or you know anything in that sort of area. And um, I'm sorry. It's uh, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put it together um, here. Uh, you know what? I'll just let's just dive into it, and then we'll 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 work our way back out, I guess. So, because um, I don't I don't. I don't know any other way. I'm, I'm trying to like navigate it, but there's like so many thoughts into my head. Um, so, you know, this weekend she was supposed to go, or she did go to a, uh, like a camping trip. She's, she's involved in the Girl Scouts. Uh, it's very exciting for her. Once again, she likes to be involved and she likes the community aspect and her friends are there and, you know, she, she enjoys it and, and everything that sort of comes with it. Uh, so this weekend, even with all the COVID protocols and whatnot, they were still holding a, a camp and she, she wanted to go. So we signed her up to go and, and she went and it was just going to be an overnight thing. Like she was, she was uh, going up with her troop leaders and some other girls on Friday and staying over on Friday night, doing a whole bunch of activities on Saturday and then staying over Saturday night and then coming home on Sunday. And so uh, she went and we didn't hear anything about Friday. Everything seemed like it was going okay. And, um, you know, and on Saturday we got some pictures early on. She'd done tie-dyeing and they were doing all sorts of other activities. Uh, and then we sort of, you know, we got some messages from the troop leader that, um, that, that her anxiety was really bad uh, throughout the day. And while she did like tie dyeing early on, which is, you know, it's pretty simple. Um, there were other activities throughout the day that she did not want to participate in. Uh, I think they went kayaking. She wasn't crazy about that because, you know, she believes that she's not a great swimmer. Um, and uh, there was archery and she didn't want to participate in that because there were like bees or bugs involved like around and she was very worried that she was going to get uh, scared or frightened and you know the arrows are sharp and she didn't want to shoot anybody with an arrow out of fear and um you know and this is sort of a, a a regular thing now or it's getting worse i won't say it's a regular thing it's getting worse uh being home for the pandemic uh did not help 
and has only really exacerbated it. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we all have anxiety to a, to a degree, but, you know, uh, COVID really did a number on a lot of people, uh, myself included. And, you know, and I've talked about it here on the show and, and, and really making decisions to try and keep everybody safe. You know, at like early on, so early on in the in the pandemic, you know, and and this I guess like I'm just gonna talk, and I'm I'm not even gonna try and like contextualize it. I think it'll just sort of happen naturally. But early on in the pandemic, you know, they had we had made an arrangement basically or agreement. You know, people all over the place were creating like these pods to try and like have some type of social connection and you know interaction and be able to sort of like live with people that you saw regularly uh in order to sort of get through and so we we had like something kind of loosely with one of our neighbors uh very early on for our kids to be able to see each other and and you know that would basically be it like we you know we would have an idea of where they were they would have an idea of where we were and no one was going anywhere so the kids should be able to interact and play and that went fine for a bit and um and then there was another neighbor kid who like we hadn't seen for you know weeks and just sort of showed up on the scene and you know i had concerns because now the the bubble we were uh, creating was being infiltrated. And now we're adding extra variables, you know, into the mix. So I got I got super uh, concerned about that. You know, we were trying to drill home in the kids' heads, like, you know, social distancing, wear the mask, social distancing, distancing. Actually, this was even before the mask, before everybody was wearing masks. But social distancing was still the main thing. So, um, so, you know, we were keeping an eye on that and, uh, and then there was uh, other, other neighbors who had previously lived here, who had moved, who one day also just showed up. So now we're adding new, once again, new variables into the mix. Um, and I really, I, I kind of. I mean, I put my foot down and I was like, this, this, this has to stop. Like, this is, this is it. And, uh, and the kids kind of just got like yanked back in, uh, into the house. And, um, you know, because we were, once again, trying to follow the guidelines, trying to do all the things, trying to keep everybody safe. And, uh, and I don't think that that helped, um, I don't think it helped towards others in the house, uh, namely my children. Uh, I mean, my son was a little bit, my son just sort of buried himself in video games. My son, Will, uh, since I'm just naming everybody, um, you know, he sort of just buried himself in video games and that was his way to connect with his friends virtually, um, you know, online playing Fortnite or Roblox or whatever it was. 
And my daughter, you know, was able to connect and the girls that she knows from the Girl Scouts, in fact, she probably uh, grew closer to them as a, as a way of, this was their primary way of connecting uh, online through games and so on and so forth. But, you know, I think, um, I think just overall, like being in the house did not, uh, did not do well for, for at least my daughter's anxiety. Uh, my son doesn't, my son doesn't really talk about it. So it's always hard to know like what exactly it is that he's feeling. But my daughter, you know, very much like me, wears her heart on her sleeve. So it's, it's pretty easy to know uh, where, where her head's at. And so, you know, being, uh, being extra careful to not bring COVID into the house, you know, every, your kids know these things and they see these things and they absorb these things and observe these things and like, they're smart. They know what's going on. And so, you know, I'm very sure that they were able to see my heightened level, my heightened level of anxiety. You know, my wife, um, Nicole, she uh, she was willing to do some more things, you know, and, and wanted to sort of get people out of the house and doing things and, uh, you know, not not taking risks, but doing things. But for me, everything sort of carried risk with it and too much risk than I was willing to take. And so I really pushed back on a lot of things because my fear, my anxiety was at an all-time high during the pandemic. And to, to try to accommodate me and to to try to make me feel better. Everyone in this house made sacrifices for me. And, and I'm super worried that 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 is now carried over and is affecting the way that my children see the world, period. And how they react and respond to it. My son is very much even keel. Bulls are even keel. You know, very mellow. Um, not a lot really seems to bother him. And so... Uh, so when it comes to these things, it is... Uh, it doesn't seem like there's, there's too much change going on uh, with him. But my daughter is very sensitive and, uh, you know, and takes these things very much to heart. She's a warrior. And, and now that she is getting older, her, you know, her awareness is a little bit more. And so she, she worries more. 
you know, when you're a kid, when you're when you're little, not that you're uh, reckless, but you're you're carefree because you don't know any better. Right. You don't know the risks. You don't know what the consequences or what could happen. You just do it. And something happens, that's sort of how you learn, right? But as you get older, you understand a little bit more. And so you calculate the risks in your own head because you, you're more aware. You just know more things. And Mia's very smart, and so she picks up on a lot of these things, and as a result... Calculates the risks in real time. And very much like her dad, her mind will race to the worst case scenario situation of what could happen if things go horribly wrong and how that's probably going to happen to her in the moment. Even though it's not the case. So, you know, for example, there were a few weeks back she was doing uh, a Girl Scout activity. They were they were going to do horseback riding and go on some kind of trail, you know, and they had their helmets on and a guide and and she couldn't get up on the horse because she was worried that she was going to fall and get hurt. Now, is is that possible? Sure. It's possible. It's not like no one's ever fallen off a horse before. I mean, there's a whole idiom, right? You fall off the horse, get right, get up and get right back on, right? I mean, that, that exists for a reason. But the likelihood, the odds of that happening to anyone in that moment... are far less than it not happening. So once again, is it a possibility? Sure. Is it likely? Probably not. But her nine-year-old mind can't understand that or can't wrap her head around it. And so as a result, every situation poses the worst-case scenario for her, which is now creating this crippling and debilitating anxiety where she can't do things out of fear or worry or concern for the worst case scenario happening. And my worry now is that I have created that I have fostered that environment through the pandemic and my reaction to it, however justified I felt it was, and now that, that has taken root in her mindset and how she sees things and how she does things. And I don't know how to fix it. 
I mean, we we have um, we have her going to therapy currently because I think it'll help. She was going for a bit and and just wasn't able to be regular enough, and so now it's it's on a regular basis to be able to talk about things, and I hope that it helps. I'm just worried for my for my daughter because she's only nine and you know I hope that she can either figure out how to cope properly or it's a phase that she's able to you know grow out of and she gets a little bit more uh, confidence and a little bit bolder. Because I don't want it to deteriorate even further. I don't want her... I don't want her to go through life not being able to do anything ever. And missing out on so many opportunities in life because she's worried all the time about how everything could possibly go wrong. You know, it's it's funny that while we were um, or while she was away for the weekend, you know, uh, there was just I, I came across something that online that um, prompted me to think about uh, this movie Luca, the latest uh, Disney Pixar, I believe it, yeah, Disney Pixar movie. Um, that we actually watched a couple weeks ago. And in it, one of the characters, he, I mean, the title character, Luca, he's, he's a worrier. I was worrying about how he's going to get in trouble or how you know he's going to get caught or how something's going to happen. Uh, and, so, and, and it's always the worst case scenario about all the, all the situations. And his friend, his friend tells him that there's a voice in his head he calls Bruno and he says, you got you to gotta just tell him to shut up, basically. He gotta say, silencio Bruno. And I thought about my daughter. You know, while I was reminded of that. Because she has a Bruno in her head. Mia has Bruno in her head. But she's letting Bruno control her life. She's letting Bruno tell her all the things that she can and cannot do. Mostly the cannots. You know, and I've talked about this on the show before, mostly in the in the context of myself. You know, whether it's uh, the fear of failure or pushing past the comfort zone. You know, it is very easy for us to to get to know. Right. Somebody asks us to do something. We ask ourselves to do something. It's very easy to come up with reasons why we shouldn't do it. It's so easy. I mean, we could just could walk down the street and bump into a reason for to say no. I mean, because I feel like it. Or because I don't feel like it. Because I don't want to, right? Like, those are the easiest ones to just get to know. 
But we, we really have to figure out ways to get to yes more often. And I'm trying to instill that in my daughter more. I'm trying to talk to me about these things more. About, you know, figure out a way to get to yes. Especially if it's something that, that, that you want to actually do. Figure out how to get to yes. Instead of looking at it and saying, this is the, you know, this is going to go horribly wrong. And I know this because I see it in myself a lot. You know, I mean, that's my child. <laughs> she, she has attributes of me in there. Whether it's her temper or her anxiety. And so I know how, how easy it is to look at something and, and say, this, can, this is going to go horribly wrong. And look, and sometimes we're right. Sometimes our intuition is just right. I'm not going to say that that we are, you know, insane or crazy for thinking these things. Sometimes your gut, your intuition says, I don't think this is a good idea. And, and in those cases, we should trust our gut, trust our, intu our intuition, and go with it, right? Follow it, listen to it. But it can't, it can't all work out that way. It just can't. Sometimes you got to get to the other side to see that you were worried for no reason. It's as if you, let's say you went on a merry-go-round or you wanted to go on a merry-go-round. But for some reason, you had this irrational fear that it was going to spin entirely out of control and everybody on the carousel is going to die. Is it possible? Sure. Likely? Probably not. And so you may even have that gut feeling that says this is going to happen. Right? Like final destination type of stuff. This is going to happen. And so you don't go on it and it goes around and it's okay. But you still don't trust it because you think it's not going to happen until you're on there. So sometimes you have to do the thing. You got to walk through the fire and get to the other side to know that you came out okay. And so I'm trying to I mean, not push my daughter, but I'm trying to get my daughter to believe that she can do these things and it will be okay. And it's hard because I'm trying to undo damage that I myself am worried I may have caused or created or planted in her head.
you know, I talked about this a few weeks back about, you know, doing the best that we can, right? We do the best we can with what we have. And especially through COVID, I tried to do the best that I could with what we had to do to keep everybody safe. For everybody to make it out okay. And I think I did that. But are there trade-offs as a result? Yeah, probably. You know, and I'm not going to say, look... We did not do kids any favors through this entire ordeal. Not one bit. And over time, they're going to pay the price for a lot of our mistakes. I don't know that I made any mistakes. I just know that I tried to play the best hand that we were dealt with how the world reacted to this. I'm just worried that I may have made something worse. I don't know if I did. I. My daughter's only nine, and I want her to be able to do things with her life and not be worried about everything all the time. And not be worried about bugs or that something's going to happen when she walks out the door or any of the, the seemingly endless list of irrational fears that seem to crop up all the time that tell her that she can't do something or why she can't do something. I hope it subsides over some time. I just... Right now I have a lot of doubt within myself as to whether or not I, I I did do the right things or if I made this worse. And maybe I didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking for answers and so it's easy for me to put the blame on myself. I, I feel like I'm scrambling right now. And, um, you know, my, my wife, uh, and Nick and I try to be open and honest with our kids. Um, we try to tell them about things that are going on so that they are aware of the world. You know, we understand that we can't keep them in a bubble. We can't keep them safe all the time. You're going to just have to learn about things so that they know how the world works. And it's better for us to do it and be able to teach them properly and contextualize it than for them to just go out in the world and hear things and get confused and 
and not not know what's really true and what's what's not true. So you know we've tried to keep them apprised of COVID and you know when George Floyd happened last year we talked about that and we've tried to talk about a number of different things with them over time just so they're aware. And we don't you know, we're not trying to scare them about it. And we're also not trying to sugarcoat it. We're just trying to teach them in a way that they can. They can have an understanding. And I. I, I wish I could just grab hold of my kids and hug them. And tell them that everything's going to be fine. That everything's going to be okay. That they're going to be safe. And that everything's going to work out. But I can't make those promises. Because they're unkeepable. You know, that's not fair to my kids to, to to present them with some type of expectation of reality that is very likely not going to exist. You know, there are some days this world just sucks. And I wish we could do better. For them. I mean I wish we could do better for us. But one day we're not going to be here. And it's going to be passed on to them. And I, I don't think that we're doing them any favors. I think we're making it worse for them. And so it's no wonder. That there are kids with high anxiety right now trying to function and figure out how to make it through a world that we keep breaking and ruining. I just want my little girl to feel better. And I hope she does. And we are doing everything that we can to Try to create an environment where she can. So I guess right now that's that's all I can keep trying to do. And I don't know, I guess sort through my own stuff. And um, I don't know. Uh. I'm just going to call time. I know this week wasn't as uh, as precise uh, as I normally aim for with a podcast episode. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, it's just, just how it unfolded this week. So I don't know. I hope...
I hope you take something away from this. Um, not easy to really talk about some of these things. And this is actually sort of the first time that I am uh, really digging on this one. So, um, so there you go. There you have it. Um, all right, let's uh, let's just let's just get everybody out of here with the information that I always like to make sure you have uh, on your way out the door uh, as we end the podcast. So um, email address here at the podcast that's getting old quickly pod at gmail.com question, comment, feedback, anything you want to send in, it'll come in front of my eyes. I'll read it, respond back to you. And if it's something I think warrants for the discussion here on the show, then um, maybe that'll happen. Uh, but the only way to do that is to send an email in that's getting old quickly pod at gmail.com. Uh, podcasts are available in all the normal podcast places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, iHeartRadio, etc. So uh, make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast based off of wherever you listen to it. Uh, that makes your life a little bit easier. This way, when new episodes drop every single Monday, uh, that new episode is there waiting for you. You don't have to go find it. So subscribe or follow the podcast. It's free. Just do it. Uh, make your life a little bit more convenient. Uh, and then if you use Apple Podcasts in particular, uh, rate and review the show. That's a huge help, uh, at least just for me. I don't really know what it does for Apple Podcasts. I just know that, I mean, it makes me feel good to know that somebody thought highly of the show. So five stars for the five-star effort. Hopefully I give you a week in and week out. And uh, as far as the review, if you could jot down in a few words, preferably in sentence form, what you think of the show, why you like it, why you dig it, why you think others should check it out. Uh, that is also greatly appreciated. So subscribe or follow, rate and review. That's the trifecta of things to do. I didn't really mean to make that rhyme either. Uh, you can check us out on our social media, which I still don't uh, update regularly, but um, I don't know, maybe you want to tag us in there as well. And maybe one day I'll get inspired to actually, you know, do the things. Uh, on Instagram, at Getting Old Quickly. Uh, on Facebook, like our page, facebook.com slash Getting Old Quickly. And on Twitter, uh, at Getting Old Quick. Uh, and make sure you tell other people about the podcast. So you can tag us in any of those uh, platforms um, while you're vouching for us. You know, share the wealth. I don't think that applies here. Uh, but share the word of the podcast. Tell people about the newest episode, the last episode, an episode that you really connected with. Get other people listening because it helps us grow the podcast and it helps bring other people in who maybe can benefit or uh, or connect to something it is that we talk about week in and week out. So um, so spread the word, family, friends, whoever. Just get it out there, okay? Uh, I hope you've gotten your Getting Old Quickly shirt. You know, if you haven't, well, do it, all right? Uh, they're really comfortable, and uh, I think they look pretty cool. I mean, we did work on the design as, you know, what the logo looks like, so I'm already pretty sold on it as it is. Uh, Teespring.com slash Getting Old Quickly is where you can go ahead and purchase a shirt. 10% of the profits go to NAMI. That's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So you're getting a nice shirt and you're helping out a good cause at the same time. Teespring.com slash getting old quickly. And as usual, I always like to make sure you have this information. Uh, if you find yourself in crisis mode in a dark place, uh, you need help, whether it's yourself, friend, family member, uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline exists as a resource for you to use. It is available 24-7. Somebody is there for you to talk to. And you could do so by dialing 1-800-273-TALK. That's 
273-8255, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you need it, please use it. And on that note, I'm going to get out of here this week. I'll be back next week to talk about something else. Um, I, I, I thank you for your patience this week and me working through some of this. My love to all my family. And uh, I'll see you back here next week, as usual. I'm Billy Donnelly. I'm getting old quickly. Just remember, getting old doesn't suck. It just kind of happens. Mm-hmm.